Bonjour, bonjour, salute. Welcome back to Purple Sector. I got Mood on the line. I am, bonjour. I'm back from uh, Montreal, and I have the uh, t-shirt tan to prove it. Oh, yeah, you got the farmer's tan going big time after that, huh? I tried my best with sunscreen to make it seem like uh, I hadn't been in the sun for three days straight, but I'm, I'm quite the white devil, so it was always going to happen. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, uh, were you very aggressive in your application of the uh, sunscreen, and what SPF were you going with out there, 1,000? Uh, 30, which is pretty risky for me. Yeah. But it's all about were reapplication. Just, were you just constantly reapplying every 15 minutes? A lot, a lot. It, 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 was, it was bright out, dude. And especially on Sunday, there were, like, no clouds whatsoever. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, even on TV, I had to wear my glasses. It looked so bright. Yeah, it was nuts. But anyways, I met a lot of great fans and uh, hopefully new listeners over the weekend and want to give them a quick shout out. So let's just get into it. Do it. Fucking Reichman. What a fucking idiot. Come on, get that McLaren out of the way. This guy is a show. Five laps remaining, so we need to keep this pace up. Hey, man, don't talk to me through the corners. And he just went off. Where to begin? Where to begin? So you a lot, a lot of stuff, man. This uh, there's a this is really one of the most polarizing race results I've seen. You know, either people, everyone's up and on arms whether they're for the result or they're against it right and that's just one piece of the whole weekend dude it was crazy to be there because you were just watching what seemed to be a really good race so far there was a lot of overtaking in like the first half of that race and then it, it just got toxic as hell between like the fans and the drivers and the and the stewards it was just crazy but i want to talk about so how does yeah i just had a quick question on that um before we kind of get into the whole weekend because we're going to kind of start from from your first bite of poutine and make our way through the race weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my question is, how on the track, you're in the stands, do they have like a PA that is announcing the penalty that Vettel receives? Or is it just word of mouth amongst the fans? How does that get announced? Uh, well, all those screens they have all over the track and the, the circuit have the world feed. So you, you see it on that screen first. Oh, so you're seeing like, it's just like uh, the, TV the notifications, feed. right? The five, the stewards announced. You know, yeah, so it yeah. so it flashed across the top of the screen, and that's when that's when everything went south. <laughs> it was crazy. Was there like an audible audible groan from the uh, crowd or what? Yeah, people were pissed. I mean, even in our section, we were saying like, uh, "God, why would you do that?" Like, it was a marginal thing at at best, you know, with Vettel and Hamilton, and, and they basically just like Mercedes is the last team that needs to be gifted a win without making any overtakes you know yeah well let's let's get let's backtrack rewind and uh go to just the the weekend from the the get-go because we'll, we'll have plenty of time dude i mean this is going to be discussed the entire season you know i know this is going to be this is going to dominate the conversation leading we're going to beat this horse we're going to beat this dead horse like for months yeah so, so we'll get into that later i want to hear more of the fun stuff you know all right well so you're familiar with montreal because you were at the race with me in 2012 Yes. So you know it's a it's a fun town. It's ha happening place. Uh, people like to go out. It's it feels like a really young city. Yeah, I mean when we were there, it was all everything was sort of centering around all the students, right? The kids at university and things like that. There were it, I agree with you. There were a lot of youngsters running around. But just in general, it feels like a very young mix. I want to say that whenever you're out, like eighty percent of the bar or restaurant that you're out at is is kids under thirty five, most likely. Uh huh. But what's funny about Montreal is it's always a good mix. So, like, I just remember every bar we went to, there was always, like, a group of, like, 60-year-old guys, 70-year-old guys, maybe even 80-year-old guys who were tying it on, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's Montreal in a nutshell. It's, it's kind of all over the place. But uh, the fans are awesome. Montreal in a nutshell. Montreal in a nutshell is just old guys getting hammered. <laughs> no, just, like, across the board when the weather's nice, like, everyone's looking to get after it. Yeah, everyone's having a good time. I mean, especially... Dude, because they announced the attendance at like 307,000 or something. So, I mean, that's a ton. You have to imagine the majority are coming from out of town, right? So that's a ton of ton of people looking to tie one on in a new city. Absolutely. 
So I want to start with my section of the grandstand because I get, the way they did the tickets this time around is, you know, whatever – my seat was the same seat the entire weekend. Right. So I was sat next to these two awesome guys from uh, from the Netherlands, Max and his dad. So uh, Max, Max – Verstappen was next to you? No, his name's Max, but get this, okay? They're both, <laughs> they're both obviously Verstappen fans. And his buddy Jos was there next to you? <laughs> no, Jos was not in the stands with us, unfortunately. That would have been – pretty wild if he was so max and his dad are both um for stopping fans obviously and his name is max as well but max looked a lot like daniel ricardo like it's it's pretty close oh, really yeah nice so I, I found that interesting right when i met him but they're awesome we had a good time we talked a little bit of football um took in the race we both groaned when when vettel got that penalty um and then it was fun watching max race obviously because when he didn't make it out of q2 you know they were both kind of bummed, but I was like, you know what, man? It just means you're gonna get you're gonna get to watch them race like crazy tomorrow. Yeah. Speaking of that, Gasly is awful. <laughs> yeah, he's trash. He is. I mean, the clock is ticking, man. That seat might not be his for much longer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, he got so demolished in qualies when it was all on his shoulders, you know, and then just had a backwards race. Yeah, absolutely. So sticking with my grandstand, there were actually there were two other guys in front of me who were cool as hell. They were both Canadian guys, locals. Um, I didn't catch their names, but they were <laughs> they were having a good time. They were having some beers. Uh, one of them was rolling a little bit of weed in the stands. The weed is uh, off the charts now in Montreal compared to when we were there last in 2012. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I assume they've, they've legalized probably everything at this point up there, huh? More or less, yeah. I mean, it, everywhere you went, every corner you turned, you were walking through a a cloud of uh, of weed man it was i mean which i i don't i'm not complaining were they were they filming weed fest while you were there too or something the beer fest sequel that they teased no no <laughs> no but those guys were fun too um so i talked to them a bit about lance stroll which i found this funny i was actually talking to max and his dad the the dutchman and uh i was like i can't believe that lance already has a grandstand named after him so then the two Canadian guys in front of me turn around and they're like, I know, right? It's like fucking do something first <laughs> before you get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Larry's your dad, he could just buy a team and buy a grandstand. It's like when, you know, the kids want to get into college and their celebrity wealthy parents just make a massive donation. They name the, you know, I know. Or to John after the family or something. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what was funny. And then so I asked them, I was like, what's sort of the sentiment across the board? from the Canadians regarding Lance. And he was like, it's mixed, man. Like most people don't care about him. He's like uh, unrelatable as hell. I'm picturing that they say that. And then when he races up into the, the points, like a bat, bat out of hell, they're all going nuts for him then. Right? No, I mean, so there were two of them. One of them was a Ricardo fan and the other one was a Verstappen fan. So I don't really think they care about, about Lance. They, they didn't seem to respond to him having a good race. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think, if I remember correctly, so during the driver parade, um, th- they actually stopped Lance's car at the hairpin, and he like got out, and they they were really pumping and that's up. That's where his grandstand his grandstand was by the hairpin. Yes, exactly. So oh. they were really using it as like a marketing opportunity, and they had he got out of the car, and they had an MC. They gave him the mic. He was like thanking the fans and stuff, and throwing hats in the uh, in the crowd, and like it really was mixed. I, I would say like thirty percent of them were actually like you know excited for lance nuts. yeah yeah but i think i actually Did may have heard like some booze back to him i, th- I thought i yeah, heard I a little ask. couple booze yeah which is interesting so the driver parade there is they just ride around in a bunch of classic cars uh yeah this time they looked like either old Aston martins or austin healy's i couldn't really tell but uh it was cool because you you know you, you and i've seen it before where they just like put them all on a truck yeah, that's Mon- Monaco. I think they always do that probably because of the track. They don't want these guys, you know, crashing or something. Yeah, but but, uh, but the cars yeah, the is truck cooler. is interesting. They they put them in like a cattle car, or, you know, like they have like cages up the side and they all just stand on a flatbed. Yeah, it's like a it's like a lorry. The cars is cooler in my opinion. It's way more intimate, and you get to see all them go by. And since I was on, yeah, the- you could see them all because when they're on the truck, sometimes guys are facing the other way. They can, like, be on their phones and they're, like, disengaged, you know. When they're in the car, they're constantly waving like a, a princess, you know. Exactly. And plus, they were, you know, right in front of us. And fortunately for Max and his dad, 
the Dutchman. I, I, you're going to keep thinking I'm talking about Verstappen, but so Max and his dad, right in front of us was Max's car. On the grid? Yeah, Verstappen. I'm going to have to start calling him Verstappen. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. Verstappen's car was directly in front of us, which was nice for them. And he started ninth or 10th? Uh, I think eventually ninth after Sainz's grid penalty. So you were, uh, yeah, that's right, because Magnussen was qualified 10th, and then Sainz went down below him, so he would have been up in ninth. So you were at the ninth grid spot basically on the straightaway. Um, no, because they did not put, I don't think they put them in their actual grid spots. What do you mean? Like, I don't think they lined up the driver parade. According oh, to the- I, I, oh, you're talking about the driver parade. I thought you meant where his actual car was before the race. No, actually, Gasly's car was right in front of us before the race, if I remember correctly. Okay, so you were a little bit further up. Look at you. Yeah, we were way up there, man. We were directly nice. across from the Mercedes garage. Mercedes garage, yeah. I saw the uh, Instagram stories. You put up some great Instagram stories. Everyone needs to go to at Purple Sector Pod to uh, peep all that stuff. Yeah, so um, I got one more. Sh- oh, I got a couple more shout-outs, but uh, one of the guys from the race as well. This guy we met named Tony. So we were looking for some shade and some refuge, you know, because it was so damn hot on Saturday as well. And we found this tent, um, like an indoor-type tent deal with, you know, random tables, and anyone could get a table if they just waited. So we sat with this guy named Tony. He's from Pennsylvania. He's like a – well, he's just like an F1 super fan, period, because he was wearing like a McLaren hat, Red Bull shirt. He had a Monaco flag for Leclerc. Like, he he had it all, dude. <laughs> so he's like, you know how in the States they sell those, like, Letterman jackets where they'll just have a patch of every team in the sport where it's like, I'm just a fan of the NBA. And yes, like that's, every team on it. that's Tony. Yeah. He's just the super fan. He's the man. And so he's been to, I want to say he's been to the Canadian Grand Prix three times, at least three times. And, uh. Yeah, so he was there just kicking it. We had a cocktail with him, and he had a he, he had all the best pointers because we told him that we have to catch a flight at 8, so it's going to be kind of tight getting out of the track right after the race because the race ends like right around 4. So if you know anything about that race, it's like it's a crazy process getting in and out via the Metro every day. Yeah, because so, you have to take the Metro, so you're going to get backed up if you're with the masses. Yeah, so so Tony is actually one of the guys who storms the track every year. So he was like, look, man, at the end of the race, everyone's going to push to get on the track. That means you guys could go against the flow of the bodies if you go out this way. And he showed us which way to take on the path. And he hooked it up, dude. We got out quick as hell, made our flight. My flight ended up getting delayed anyway. So in the end, I probably could have stayed for more of the post-race stuff. But anyways, uh, shout out to Tony for the money track hacks, if you will. The track hack. Tony's track hacks. That's another new Tony's track hacks. Yeah. We're going to have to send him to every race, man, to get these hacks. So what uh, – did he give you a count or mention any other Grand Prix, like what he, which Grand Prix he really likes and stuff like that? I think he's only been to Canada because he's from PA, so it's, it's pretty close for him or reasonably close. Right. Yeah. By the way, um, Max and his dad, uh, in typical Dutch fashion, both super tall guys. <laughs> like because I'm, I'm oh, like yeah. – I'm six foot with shoes on. And they were both like three, four with inches six, tall. You're six foot, with, six foot with heels on? Yes, with heels on, I'm six foot even. <laughs> and then so when we were standing up clapping, both of them were easily like four or five inches taller than me. Yeah, some some beefcakes, some big guys. Are they lanky as hell too, just the tall string beans? Yeah, I mean, the, the Dutchmen are just, they're just tall people, man. Yeah. They're, they're tall sea people, as I like to call them. So uh, That's what you, you got to be tall there so you can spin start all the windmills, you know? <laughs> exactly, man. It was funny because we were, we were looking at all the drivers on the grid. That's what's cool. When you see him in person, you know, we were, Max and I were commenting like, oh, wow, he actually looks taller in person. Like, Rojan looks much taller in person. Uh, Hulkenberg's yeah. pretty tall. And then I said, Verstappen's actually pretty tall, too. And so Max's dad leans in and he goes, yeah, of course, he's Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So they, they were very cool. And we had an awesome time watching the race. So, so you were you were basically it was so hot there, and the guys sitting next to you, you were in the Dutch oven all weekend, huh? I was in the Dutch oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were cool, and then um, so another thing I got to get into is the merch, the merchandise. So I have one quick question, just so I can get the sense of the schedule. So. Did you go to Friday second practice, Saturday maybe the end of practice in quality, and then Sunday race? Is that the sessions you attended? 
Yeah, so we landed like right when FP1 was starting on Friday, so we didn't make it out to that. We got to the Airbnb and sort of gathered ourselves, got our stuff ready, got my camera ready, all this stuff. Um, and we got the lay of the land, took the Metro, bought the three-day pass for the Metro, and uh, we made it to the track, caught FP2, and then hung out a little bit after that, got more of the lay of the track, and uh, watched some of the feeder series stuff, like the, the Ferrari Challenge stuff, and what else? Yeah. The F1600, which is like, <laughs> they look like F1 cars without any wings, so they just look really goofy. That look, that's got to be weird, yeah. Yeah. And how was the Airbnb? The Airbnb was, was the sick. The on the accommodations. It was sick. So it's this apartment that is above a couple of bars and restaurants. And literally the entrance to the steps to get up to the apartment was in one of the bars. So every day we're coming back from the track and like saying hi to the same servers and waitresses. and, and <laughs> Are they sliding you a beer down the bar like cheers? They know your name. They know your drink. I wish no, but we we gave them plenty of business after. But we would just come back like sweaty and sunburn, and they'd be like, "How was the track, guys?" <laughs> like, obviously right. miserably hot. Um, no, but it was a nice setup, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hold of that guy's contact info from from Pat for the future. Yeah, that sounds sweet. And where that was like just direct downtown or what? It was uh, just right by the ferry terminal, actually. So it's a pretty good spot. And the walk to the metro is like about five to seven minute walk. So it's really not bad. That's sweet. Very sweet. So then let's get into the merch. Yes, this is what I've, I've been waiting for. So I, merch talk. I, I quick shout out to all the people that were like me on the hunt for new Haas F1 merchandise. Oh, were you getting that feedback from a lot of the fans that they're like, we need to get this ridiculous illegal logo to Haas merchandise? Yeah, so I, I had one woman come up to me. She saw that I was wearing a, a Haas hat, but I've had that Haas hat for over two years now, I want to say. And it's yeah. just it's just ragged at this point. Like, I, I do everything in that in that hat. I mow the lawn. I work out. Like, it's got the grossest sweat stains on it. So I guess she thought I was such a filthy animal because she goes, where'd you buy that hat here? And I was like, this hat? <laughs> This, yeah, right. I was like, this hat is two years old, lady. And she's like, oh, damn it. And she's like, well, you can't find any damn Haas gear here. It sucks. And I was like, I know. Jeez, the people are loving the Haas squad, huh? Exactly. So then I saw another guy walking, and he actually had the real Haas like, polo, like synthetic polo shirt, you know? The Rich Energy colors and everything? No Rich Energy logo, Rich Energy branding, but not the uh, illegal logo. So I was right. like. Because they dropped it. They, dropped, they had to drop it for the race. Right. Delivery now going forward. So they just have the font, the text. Exactly. So I said, hey, man, did you buy that shirt here? And he goes, no, nah, man, I got it off the website. And <laughs> But he knew exactly why I was asking because, like, everyone wants the Haas gear. They just can't get it. So then. Yeah. That's such a shame, dude, because think about it. Like, they actually have this great, you know, like John Player special uh, livery that everyone loves. But they can't sling any merch because <laughs> they can't use the logo, you know. Yeah, well, it, that's just another thing to get into. But I did see one legend. He had a T-shirt that had all, everything. It had the the big antler on the middle of his chest, like like a Superman symbol, and it said it was. It looked sick, right? So I was like, "Please tell me you bought that shirt here." That's the first thing I said to him. He goes, "Actually, dude, I had this shirt made." <laughs> <laughs> He's probably gonna get sued by white bikes too. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't catch that guy's name, but he is a legend, and I, I gave him some of the podcast swag. I hope he's listening, dude. He is a legend. Take we, a picture. You gotta take a picture with these guys and throw it on the gram. Dude, we were moving so fast. It, it's it, the whole weekend's a whirlwind, dude. It's just a whirlwind. Yeah, because there is so much walking. You basically feel like a professional speed walker around that park. Oh yeah, like my calves were so tight before I got on my flight. I was like, I've just been walking all day, every day. Um, so that guy's yeah, a legend, the though. Worst, dude, when you walk that much, dude, the worst is you start getting the shin soreness. That's brutal. Yeah, and and really, I actually, I need. All right, so I want to get into the logistics of the actual circuit itself and like what well, a grom- give me, give me more, give me more merch stock. I'm still frothing at the mouth here about the merch stuff. So you were obviously hunting for Husky or along with everybody else. It sounds like no, what I was, was uh, dude, the Merch setup. I was just looking for cool merch from any team but Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull. Right. And it's, it's like, impossible to find. So there just wasn't stuff for sale, or you just didn't like any of it? No, there was, like, 
maybe some Williams stuff you could find and some other, but it was minimal. Like when you go to the actual F1 official merch stands, like it's just dominated by Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull. Oh, the big teams. Yeah. yeah. So like you really can't find anything cool. If you want cool stuff from any of these teams, you got to go to their website. Yeah. So because I think one of the coolest pieces, you may have seen it, the Renault sweatshirts where it's all black and then like the left sleeve is white, yellow, and black in three parts. It's it's an awesome sweatshirt. Yeah, I did see some Renault gear from people in the stands, including the Canadian guy in front of me, the local. He had a sick Ricardo hat. Um, but outside of that, like you may have found some of it at the shops, but it was like not anything cool. So real quick, it's interesting, man. I feel like I feel like in the past when we've gone the two Grand Prix we've gone to before you went to this one that the merch was much more prevalent. I think because I think they let previously they let the teams open up their own merch tents, but now it's all F one. Oh, so now it has to go through their site, basically. Yeah, it's totally different that's a, now. That's a that's a goddamn shame. Because, dude, what are you I mean, gonna do, man? Everyone is so willing. Everyone's so willing to spend so much cash when they're at the event, you know, and to not have anything but like the three teams when people are fans of everybody, you know, especially Haas. <laughs> yeah, and, and this stuff is so expensive; it's crazy. By the way, I did keep my oh, eyes yeah. peeled for that Barcelona. The yeah, the Barcelona uh, hat, Hamilton's Barcelona hat. No sign of it in the shops, but I saw tons of people wearing it. Yeah, dude, it's a hit. I'm telling you. It's a hit across the board. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys and gals were wearing it. Like, I saw a lot of women wearing it, too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, real quick, what do you, if you had a guess, what do you think the percentage breakdown was of the merchandise that people were wearing? So, what percentage Ferrari, what percentage Mercedes, what percentage Red Bull, and then what percentage the rest of the teams? I'd say maybe like. 10% 10% random teams. Uh, and I'd say probably like 40% Ferrari, 30% Mercedes, 20% Red Bull. So this is what I wrote down on my phone. Did that add, did that add up to 100? I think it did. <laughs> uh, maybe. I wasn't counting. But so yeah, I, I did 40, 30, I did 40, 30, 20, 10. Yeah, so I wrote down on my phone while I was at the race, I wrote 50% Ferrari merchandise, 35% Mercedes, 10% Red Bull, 5% other teams. So, so I was pretty close. Speaking of this, by the way, I have one more shout out to give for people who are at the race. So there were these two guys who were really cool. We we actually bumped into them on the metro back to back days. So like we were on the same schedule as them. Mm-hmm. The first day we saw them, um, you know, I, I introduced myself and gave them some of the podcast swag, and I noticed that one of them had all Ferrari gear on, and then his buddy had all Mercedes gear on. So I went up to the Mercedes guy and I said, <laughs> I said, are you, are you pulling for Botas this weekend or Hamilton? And he goes, neither. I'm a Ferrari fan. <laughs> and he was like, dude, decked out in Merc gear. He was in disguise. So then when I saw him the next day, he was in his Ferrari gear. <laughs> Did, is that actually what his plan was to be in disguise? Lay low as a Merc supporter? I don't know. I think he just likes the merch, but uh, they were good dudes, man. It was funny bumping into them again, like on the same exact train. Nice. So then when you bumped into them the second day, did they already have purple sector tattoos or something? Probably. I didn't I didn't ask them a to couple, show them. A couple converted super fans. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to hear a, a juicy. So how was how was the reception when you were discussing uh, the pod and the, the swag that you uh, brought down there to give to peeps? Were they interested, enjoying it? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I would just have conversations with people. And then if we had like you know, like a typical conversation about F1 that you and I have on the show, that's when I would say, hey, if you listen to podcasts, you should check out ours. A lot of it is just like this. We're having fun, having an entertaining chat about F1. Right. Nice. Yeah. And so what's funny is uh, one of the listeners I was there with, he recommended that I put some of the stickers on the inside the porta potties. Of course. Which is brilliant because I'd imagine thousands of people saw some of these stickers. So much yeah. in fact that the two Canadians sitting in front of me who were who I was chatting with before about the weather and weed and everything. I hit when I, when I handed him the, when I handed them the merch, they, uh, he goes, Oh dude, is it, this is you. He's like, did you put these in the stalls, dude? That's genius. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I That's saw awesome. this. He goes, whoever put, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, whoever put this on here is genius, man. So many people are going to see this. 
That's so, so funny, dude. So, <laughs> so now we have to change our, our moniker, our uh, motto to like the shittiest podcast, the shittiest F1 podcast out there because we have stickers on all the shitters up in Canada. The poopiest podcast on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, let me just paint a better picture for you of the track because we were there in 2012. Better, better picture than the porta potties that we're painting right now? Yes, much better. <laughs> so. They actually had men's and women's porta potties, which I thought was a, a smart move. Nice. Well, did they have transgender porta potties up there in Canada too? I didn't see any. There was probably one somewhere, but well, it was nice because yeah. it would break up the lines a bit, you know, instead of just right. all massive lines. Well, because dude, if it's if it's all guys, you can plow through porta potties if it's a line of dudes, because they're just going in there. It's like uh, you know, storming a castle. Every guy can just get in there and get out quick as hell versus being behind ladies. Yeah, exactly. No, it was smart by them, very much, very much so. I want to say that, you know, when we were there in 2012, I think they've added way more food vendor options now. There, It seemed like there was, like, tons and tons and tons of different food. It was incredible. Like, you could get any yeah, kind of food. I, I do remember – I think you must remember that too, obviously, since you're bringing this up. I remember kind of the F1 village, fan village, whatever they call it, I remember it being kind of sparse, right? Like there were only a couple places to really get any food or drink or anything, right? Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Now it's crazy. There is just food truck after food truck. You can get anything you want, any kind of food. I think you really have to. I'm not a big food truck fan, but the one benefit, the biggest benefit from them, I think, is that you get great options at you know festivals and sporting events now because they can just roll in a food truck save a bunch of space and they're just used to cranking out food quickly you know yeah exactly so it's it's definitely improved so what you have what you sent you sample anything at the track we actually only ate there once because we would always grab breakfast in the city before we took the metro over so that hel- held us off until you know four or five p.m we'd get back have a couple cocktails go get dinner you know but on sunday so- on Sunday, we got yeah. like a Canadian ham sandwich with like home fries, and it was, it was off the chain. It was really good. Yeah, you gotta get Canadian bacon, right? The only problem, though, is like it's so hot that weekend. Everything you buy is served hot as the sun, and like you don't want to eat it for like right. thirty minutes. Right, and it's only getting warmer probably when you're holding it. Exactly. What is clutch? So, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go down another path, so keep going. All right, so the fact that they let you bring a cooler in with your own beer is such a lifesaver because at the track, you can only buy one kind of beer, and I think you can guess which beer it is. Yeah, it probably has a, a Russian red star on it. Yes, it's Heineken. But get this, okay? All they have is 12-ounce cans which is your standard can, which sucks already. And do they limit you to like two? Listen to this, dude. You can only buy a 12-ounce can of regular Heineken or a 12-ounce can of non-alcoholic Heineken. That is your beer option. Oh. They're slinging the non-alcoholic, not even the Heine Light. No, I don't think they even had Heine Light. And it's for $8.50 Canadian. For a 12? For a 12-ouncer. That's around, it's like $6.20. So it, it could be worse, but... To only have Heineken is the only beer you could get if you don't want to bring your own beer. It sucks. And and to not have Tall Boys. Fortunately for me, Pat, the listener who I was with, brought an awesome cooler bag, and we were hitting the Mini Mart every morning, loading that thing up with Molsons, Cronenbergs, Coors, you name it. Any, oh, you had the cronies. You got to have the cronies in, in a land like that. Oh, Cronenberg is so good. That beer is underrated. I wish it wasn't so hard to find in the States. Dude, and so you were able to find crony cans out there, too. Tall boys. Tall boy Cronenberg. Oh, that's awesome. And you were rocking the Haas Koozie, right? Oh, yeah. The Haas Koozie is high quality. I let Mike borrow one, too, and he was like, this is nice. He was like, this is real neoprene. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not like where they do the fake like carpet, you know? I know. I told him they're F1 quality koozies, Mike. Yeah, F1 technology goes right into the koozies. Exactly. And it cools the beer way better. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So my question was, I wanted to divert. I wanted to, you know, hit the hairpin and turn around and go back to, I want to hear more about the food. Like, what were you having for breakfast? What were your dinners? 
Um, were you hitting up the poutine? Were you getting the beaver tail desserts? Well, hang on. Were before you getting the pan, pan au chocolat and uh, café au lait for breakfast? <laughs> no, I think I was just getting uh, café noir every time, just black coffee. Nice. But let me just close the loop on the circuit experience. So they did have this one section. It was like behind the F1 village. And it was called like the Monster Energy Zone. And obviously, you know, that's a big collaboration with Lewis because he's that's one of his big sponsors. So right. it was actually like the douchiest thing I've ever seen. They had like a tattoo parlor and a DJ stage and all this stuff. But like I was like a tattoo Were parlor. Temporary tat- Were they doing temporary tattoos or real tattoos? I don't know, dude. It looked like real tattoos when we walked by. I didn't bother to go and see if they were temporary tattoos, but like. And what, what kind of tattoos? You could either get a Monster Energy logo or a Heineken logo on your arm. Uh, you can only get Still I Rise or Blessed. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's all they had. But it was it was fairly douchey scene. Um, I'm sure there was some cool stuff back there. We didn't have the time to check it out. But it's just a madhouse. And f- for anyone who's thinking about going, it is a, it is a commitment to go see a Grand Prix, re- Grand Prix weekend and, and do all three days and all the sessions and everything. Just picture yeah. a music festival it's like camping out all day every day. You got to be committed. You got to you got to have all the stuff you need. You got to have sunscreen. You got to have like an extra shirt to throw over your neck if you don't want to burn. Well, that's um, that's the biggest thing, right? Is that you're completely a prisoner of the weather because if you go for a weekend and it's pouring all weekend, you're sitting out in the rain all weekend or you're in the heat all weekend, you know. Yeah, you got to bring it. You got to bring it. You got to want to see F1. You got to keep your energy level up. I would not deter anyone from going i think they should absolutely go if they're interested in f1 in fact max and his dad came all the way from netherlands to you know check out montreal for the entire week and then they went to the race like the whole weekend and it was their first f1 race if i remember correctly it was their first f1 race ever that's a good first to have right an iconic race uh where you know another race where a guy crosses first and finishes second exactly (laughs) So I, I hope they had a good time, and I hope that they look into going to Zandvoort next year in Netherlands. And I hope they're listening right now. Yeah, if they if are, you, they should hit us up at Purple Sector Pod or give us a call. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys are listening, Max, you and your dad are awesome, and I had a great time in the stands with you guys. It was uh, fun watching Max cut up the field, and uh, even though Vettel kind of got screwed, it was still one of the races that everyone's going to remember for a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to yeah. know more about the city itself, Moot? Yeah, I want to know more about your your doings, the goings-on in Montreal proper. Okay, so I got to give the women in that city props because all, a lot of the women we saw going to the Grand Prix like every weekend, like all the sessions, they were like dressed to the nines, man, to be like in the grandstand all day. They were like heels and like nice sundresses and like they really got decked really out. Had, had their hair did, had the, the long nails with the uh, Ferrari red on them. Dude, most of the chicks dress like if they were going to be like Hamilton's pit lane guests the entire weekend. That's how they were balling right. out. Nice. So I got to give the ladies credit for that. I, meanwhile, I was, you're meanwhile you're in your sweat stained hat and like a pair of shorts that are ragged. <laughs> exactly, dude. I'm I'm wearing like a shirt on my underneath my hat, like I'm about to hop on a camel. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, you were basically you were basically dressed like Tom Hanks and Castaway. <laughs> that's pretty damn accurate, dude. <laughs> You should have seen it. So, like, before the race, we had, like, an hour and a half to kill before the driver's parade started and all that. So, Mike and Pat and I were just sitting in the shade, like, making a little picnic. We had our sandwiches. We were slamming beers to stay cool. The only way to stay cool, water will not save you. Cold beer will st- sustain you there. Cold cronies in a Haas koozie yes. is the recipe to uh, battle the heat. Absolutely. That's the only way to win at the track. So, back to the city. Mike, you were you were winning you were winning on and off the track. It sounds like absolutely. We know how to do it right, man. It takes sacrifice and commitment, but if you do it right, you win. Mm-hmm. The, the stewards can't stop you if you live that life. <laughs> so uh, back to the city, Mike. I did not know this about Mike, but he's like a big cocktail guy, fancy cocktail guy. You know what I mean? Where he's like ordering when he orders it, he's picking out everything, like the specific booze. Like, he wants the pearl onions, he wants everything. Sort of. I mean, so let's put it this way. If I remember correctly, he took us to a cocktail joint. Uh, so this is my next shout-out. Milky Way Bar, 
which is attached to Fugazi Pizza. Our server, Fernando, was awesome. He was uh, great all night, and he hooked us up with some sick cocktails. So, Mike, I think we go to a place that's, like, it's very hip, and it's all original cocktails, and they're all, like, they all look different, and they all have these little visual elements, right? I think Mike still ordered off-menu. <laughs> it's never good enough. Dude, I know. We have, we have a friend who does that, Ryan. We'll go to, like, brunch somewhere, and they'll have a million options, but he always has to go off-menu and just make some concoction of his own, you know? Yeah, but it was it was a really cool spot because we we originally went to Fugazi Pizza, Pizza, which is underneath it and like to the left, and they were packed. So they just go, hey, just go to Milky Way Bar. It's our cocktail bar. It's upstairs, and you oh, could. So they own both spots. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that in Montreal. Um, so like people just own a building and they put in like multiples multiple it, establishments. Exactly. So and they were like, and you can order the pizza up there too. We were like, sick, let's do it. We go up there. It's hip as hell. When you're going up the steps, it's, it's all like black light and like, you know, that fluorescent highlighter writing on the walls. It felt like laser tag. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So then we go in and it's amazing. It's like this long, narrow upstairs bar with like hanging plants everywhere, right? It's like hanging gardens and then a, a glass ceiling running the length of the bar. So like, you know, we got there before sundown, but we walk in and like the only thing lighting the bar is the sun through the glass ceiling. And then sweet and the, the black lights. Yeah. And then the sun sets and like all these cool lights come on. They're serving us these cool cocktails. Pat ordered a disco pisco. So it's served in a disco ball with a straw coming out of it. That's unbelievable. By the way, I took pictures. I'm going to post them on the Instagram account at purple sector pod yeah, at purple sector pod. Yeah. Sorry. I spoke over you at purple sector pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to have to get go through your uh, photographs and put a bunch of choice shots up there. Yeah, keep your eye on the, the account all week because I got to post the stuff from my Fujifilm camera. I got some great shots of the drivers on the grid. Um, what else? Some pictures from that bar, like the cool cocktails, the crazy hanging gardens. Uh, it was awesome. That place was very cool. I would say that was my favorite spot, by the way, that we went to. Nice. Milky Way, baby. Yeah, and to answer your question, I did have poutine. I had it with a nice. burger. So th this was the night when I really let myself go. Oh, yeah. I had a, just a sloppy burger, and well, just, you had to re, you had to recover from the heat stroke, and nothing's better than a nice greasy burger and some poutine. Yeah, you're actually right. That was Saturday night, and that, in my opinion, was the hardest day because just like Sunday, it was sunny as hell and hot as hell, but the gap between FP3 and Qualies is like two hours. Yeah. So you're just you're just at the track at the mercy of nature. Yeah, because that's the thing. Once you get to the track, it's not like the track is a stadium right downtown. You're trapped at the track, you know. Exactly. It's uh like I said before, it's a commitment. All right. So what what else did you want to know about the city? We didn't really we didn't really go. I want to know uh, what about your other dinners and stuff and breakfast and snacks. So Pat found a great place called uh, I believe it was called Expectations. It's like a breakfast joint. She so had some egg sammies. Yeah, they had all kinds of good breakfast food. I had an um, awesome crepe, and uh, I had a Bloody Caesar, of course, my favorite cocktail up there. Tell me more about this. Well, you know, the Bloody Caesar is just like a Bloody Mary, but it's got, like, Clamato juice in it and celery salt. Oh, okay. So the only difference is the the Clamato. You've had Bloody, you had Bloody Caesars with me up there in 2012. Okay. I don't, I don't remember, dude. I, uh, I must have had the heat stroke then as well. I, I need a refresher course. That's why I need you to take me back down memory lane. Yeah, I think you're losing it, dude. You still haven't recovered from 2012. Yeah. So the Bloody Caesars were killer. Um, yeah, it's just a good it's a good you, town. Uh, Even if you're not going to go see F1, I recommend going to Montreal for the weekend, hopefully when the weather's nice. But it's just thing, like a... The thing I remember... Sorry to interrupt. The thing I remember... Mo one of the things I remember most from our trip was there was also like a beer festival going on. So we ended up going to some like big ballroom kind of thing. And there was a huge beer fest where we were going around trying all this stuff. Um, I remember Coors Light had, they were late to the party on like the lime flavored beer. So they had a iced tea hybrid Coors Light. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Dude, it was actually dope. I, I remember talking the dude's ear off, getting all the skinny on the uh, Coors Light tea. Oh, by the way, I did smuggle back some ketchup and, and uh, all-season chips for you. They're waiting for you in the studio. When we record later this week, you can, yeah, we'll you have can to dig do in. Yeah, taste test. Yeah. I got you ruffled and straight. How about that? Preach. Yeah, yeah. 
I love to ruffle some feathers, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I would recommend, like you mentioned, it's just an event-filled city. Um, I believe <laughs> Pat mentioned that I think the Foie Gras Expo was this weekend as well. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so funny. You come, come, come for the F1 and stay for the Foie Gras. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't, I don't want to get into too much of the race because we could cover that when we'd record on Thursday when you're back at studio. But I just wanted to talk yeah. about the fans and oh yeah, one more thing about Tony from Pennsylvania. We'll call him Pennsylvania Tony. He actually, yeah. when we went back to the Airbnb after Qualies, we were rewatching a little bit of the Qualies on TV, and we saw Tony like going nuts at the top of our grandstand with his Monaco flag and all of his different That's team so gear on. Funny. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah. He, he's he's a hardcore F1 fan. I, I respect his hustle. I know. I love that. And like you were saying, he only goes to this race. So that means he's buying all this stuff online, like the Leclerc Monaco flag and everything. Yeah, he's 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 committed, man. Love that. So it, w- another cool thing about being in the grandstand across from the pits is you get to see all the pit stop action. You get to see a lot of the drivers. Like I said, the drivers parade. You get to see them doing the pearly hot laps. You know, I saw like Lando get out of the McLaren after giving someone a hot lap. And um, you also see the celebrities on the grid during the grid presentation. So we had GSP, George St. Pierre, right in front of us, the uh, UFC fighter. Yeah. What's funny was the two Canadian guys sitting in front of me, I pointed him out. I was like, hey, guys, GSP's right there. And they're like, holy shit, it is GSP. And then they were like, by the way, he's not hard to run into around Montreal. Apparently he's out like all the time. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And I didn't know this. uh, I didn't see him anywhere, but, but someone pointed out on Instagram P.K. Subban was there this weekend. and he, oh, was, he was there again. He was, he was in Monaco, right? Yeah, well, his caption said, like, you know, Montreal Grand Prix weekend, but he didn't have any pictures of, like, him at the track. But he was having dinner with Adam Sandler and, and like, Rob Schneider and some other guys. Nice. He might be making an appearance in the next uh, Grown Ups movie. Yeah, Grown Ups 19. Right. Exactly. So... I, this is pretty much all I wanted to cover race-wise and sort of the experience. Um, we can get into the actual Grand Prix itself on, on Thursday. So did you get to see any of the famous groundhogs that were all over the track? I did not see any groundhogs, but I believe there were like three or four sightings on the track over the weekend. Yeah, a bunch in practice. Oh, yeah, I got one more quick story. Like, this is a juicy nugget. So in the grandstand, some people behind me were talking about how they were in dinner in ta- at dinner in town the night before, and Daniel Ricardo showed up at the same restaurant. So somebody yelled from the back. They said Ferrari twenty twenty one question mark, and Ricardo just looked at him and winked and smiled. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Ricardo really knows how to work people. Yeah, I think Ricardo. I mean, he's a true man of the people, right? I th- I know in Austin, we saw the pictures where he was like at some bar in all his cowboy outfit. Um, and he, he must like to go hit a watering hole, local watering hole at all the races. Was he dressed up there like he was in Austin? Was he wearing a, a Mounties outfit or anything? No, I think he was generally in his Renault gear for the most part. The restaurant, probably a different story. Probably more low-key. But yeah. um, the one thing I've learned, though, is now that I've been to this race and seen the current state of F1 fans, he is pretty much liked across the board by everyone, regardless of what team they like. Because, like, Max the kid from the Netherlands said it best because he's a Verstappen fan. So you would think maybe he does have some ill will towards Ricardo, but he said, I like Ricardo. He's one of the few guys out there who seems like he has like zero arrogance. Yeah. He's like a real dude. He comes off as a real dude, right? Yeah. So I thought that was well said by Max from, from the Netherlands. And uh, it's just cool because F1 should embrace Ricardo. He's really good for the sport. Well, we talked, I mean, we've talked about this on multiple old podcasts, how, if he ever is contending for or wins a world championship, he is the most marketable guy because of for that reason. You know, everyone seems to like him. He's always smiling. You know, he seems like a down to earth dude. Just he's the man. Dude, everyone loves the shoey. Like everyone wants to see that guy chug champagne out of his shoe. They be- we better get him in a good race car soon. I know. Well, he qualified fourth, so he's he's looks like he might be knocking on the door of a shoey this season. Hopefully. That would be amazing. He's definitely trending upwards. Renault in general is looking better. I'm surprised. They did it quickly, too. But, yeah, like you said, um, it's just he's he doesn't smack of having any ego. Like, he's he's just having a good time, happy to be there, and, you know, 
can race his balls off. So he's a great combination for the sport, you know, and the fans. Yeah, and it to me the best way I I would I can describe him is he's one of the few guys out there who feels like he really doesn't take any of it for granted. Right. Like he knows it's a privilege to be an F1 and he savors every moment and he loves the yeah, fans. And it, and it could end at any moment, you know. Exactly. So mad respect to Ricardo for that. So that's all I wanted to get yeah, into. props to our boy Danny Rick. Love Danny Rick. Yeah, love Danny Rick. Love the fans I met over the weekend. Hopefully you guys will keep listening to the show. Um, I had an awesome time with Max and your dad in the stands, the two Canadian guys in front of me. Pennsylvania Tony is the man. I, I, I want to yeah. go to another Grand Prix with that guy. Well, it sounds like you'll have to go to the Canadian Grand Prix again because <laughs> that's the only one he goes to. I don't know. Maybe I can get a hold of him and we can work out some type of Austin trip. Yeah, like you said, though, if, if you met anyone there, we'd love to hear uh, – your guys' feedback in general on the sport, on on our show, on how the weekend was, all that stuff. You know, reach out on our Instagram and Twitter at Purple Sector Pod. Give us a call on our phone number. What is it, Ryan? Nine zero four eight Purple. I got to look it up. I don't have my the business cards on. Yeah, me. well, it's our number is on the Instagram and on the stickers and cards and swag that Ryan was handing out. So get a reach out if you came to the show. Because you saw one of our stickers in the porta potty, you've got to call or write in or hit us up on Instagram and say, "Yeah, the toilet brought me here." Yeah, call us next time you're taking a, a dump and uh, <laughs> leave a voicemail that you you're thinking of us because you first you first found out about us in a shitter. <laughs> exactly, that's just kind of how purple sector rolls, man. <laughs> exactly, purple sector. Purple purple sector. Awesome. Well, yeah, I hope. Bro. I hope everyone that was up there with me had just as much fun at the Grand Prix, despite that terrible decision, in my opinion. I still think it was a pretty epic Grand Prix weekend. And um, Yeah, so how, how was, from your seats, how were qualies? Um, how was the race? Did you notice, you know, the Dude, it was all traffic? great. It was all great. Yeah. Like, crazy qualifying session, so many surprises, a bunch of wrecks in practice. Like, it was an action-packed yeah, weekend. Mag- Magnuson was uh, to the left of you on the straight, right? Yeah, we saw exactly. We looked out, everyone went, ooh, and you looked down the straight and just saw a scrap pile of a Haas car. Yeah. I I, can't believe, uh, well, I can. They had to go to the second chassis, but he demolished that car, man. Yeah, it was bad. And demolished uh, his teammate and Verstappen's qualifying. Yeah, but let's save uh, save a race analysis for Thursday, and we'll get into more of the current state of F1 after – that big decision against Vettel. So, so for now, yeah, so just to, to close the loop on your, your trip, how was the uh, actual travel to and from? I, you were telling me some tidbits about uh, the customs on the way out. I think you were getting shaken down with the old swab test. Yeah. I got uh, randomly checked by security on the way out. It was not a fun time. I was like hot and sweaty. We came right from the track the guy who was patting me down was like, bro, why are you so sweaty? I was like, <laughs> I was like, cause I just came straight from the Grand Prix, dude. And he's like, oh yeah, that'll yeah. do it. <laughs> why are you so sweaty? Yeah. They, you were definitely, uh, had a big target on your back. Like the sweaty, nervous guy who's trying to commit some act of terror. Exactly. It's the sweaty, nervous guy showing up late for the flight. I, I fit all the bills. So you mentioned you only had two Haas koozies and there were three of you guys. Uh, did did you make Mike drink his out of his shoe like Danny Ricardo or what? No, I, since Pat is a Botas fan, uh, I made Mike. I didn't realize he was a Brotas fan. <laughs> I think he's just a Mercedes fan in general. He loves the hammer time. He loves Botas. His daughter Eleanor loves Botas. Yeah, well then he would have loved during the race when Vettel pit the radio. Bono came over the radio and gave you the old "It's hammer time." Oh, Pat was going nuts. He was doing jumping jacks in the stands. <laughs> he was spurring him on to try and close the gap. Yeah, but to answer your question, I made Mike an honorary uh, honorary Haas fan with me all weekend via the koozie. Nice. So Pat wouldn't even touch it, huh? No, he wasn't allowed to. I, I wasn't going to allow it. Yeah, you can't let that wolf in Mercedes clothing uh, touch the Haas gear. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was an epic nice. Grand Prix weekend. It was awesome to put another my third Formula One race under my belt. Hopefully Mike likes F1 enough now to go to another race with us sometime. Dude, didn't you see Gilles Villeneuve's car, too? Yeah, we did in the casino. So you went to a casino there also? There's a casino by the track, so you can just walk. It's like a 15-minute walk to the casino from the track on the island. Uh Uh-huh. No sports book, though, so it wasn't worth my time. Uh, uh, Was it legit table games with dealers, or was it all electronic, or what? 
no, it's all legit, but like you, I can't go in with a backpack, so I just I was like, let's get the hell out of here. Nice, but you did get to peep uh, Gilles' whip. Yeah, they had a, two of his cars in there, but it, Gilles is the man. That's my favorite Formula One driver of all time. So seeing his old Ferrari was pretty special. That's awesome, man. Salute Gilles. So, uh, yeah, all in all, it sounds like uh, another dope race weekend. I mean, I don't know that you'll ever have a bad experience at a Formula One race. I agree, but we like F1 more than the average person, so. But like you said, even if you're not a fan, everyone else will kind of lift you up. You know, it's like the rising tide lifts all ships. Everyone's happy to be there. A lot of fun people, talkative people, fans of the sport. So it sounds like, you know, you're going to have a good time regardless because everyone there is having a good time together. Just a big party, big festival atmosphere. It's just a big circus. F1's been called a traveling circus forever, and it still is definitely that. Um, yeah. So do they do they not have they must not have concerts at the Canada race because every other race now has uh, concerts going on. They might. I, I didn't look into that. And they, they might actually do them in the city. I don't know how they have it set up. I'm sure there was something going on. Well, dude, in breaking news, I did see that uh, Cardi B had to pull out of the Singapore Grand Prix. So now they plugged in Gwen Stefani. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know what I call that? An upgrade. An upgrade, exactly. They got the bad bitch out, and they brought in uh, Miss Spiderwebs. <laughs> bad Cardi B is out. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so let's let, let's sign off here, Moot, and we can get into more of the race itself on uh, Thursday. Looking forward to it because you'll be back in studio, man. Yeah, I, uh, I have to say that all you've really done is whet my appetite, and I feel like I need to get to another Grand Prix, ASA and P. AS, I need to get to another one ASA and Grand Prix. Exactly. Count me in, by the way. So just one more yeah, thank you. One more thank you to all the awesome fans that we met over the weekend. And any of the new listeners, shout out to you guys. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up at Purple Sector Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And give us a call on our phone number. It's on our profile pages. And, uh, yeah, call in and we'll get you guys on the show. Love it. Yeah, and keep racing, everyone. We'll see you next episode. All right, guys. See you all on the track. <laughs>